teller of tales, a singer of songs, and has traded on more guitars than Carter has liver pills. And on this episode, Greg Henderson stops by and chats with the boys. Let's listen in as one local legend joins two more. Let her go, Cal. And broadcasting once again from high top the palatial Doc Hawkham building in downtown beautiful Coal Mountain in the Due South Studios. This is Coal Mountain Cal along with brother Chris Cheeto Cheatham and the good doctor producer Steve Thomason for yet another episode of The Crossing where the music meets the memories. We have received our eviction notice. It is a sad time. They've asked us that we must depart this building for We ain't going nowhere. We, you said it shall not last much longer. Notice. And it is a solemn time. We got to run up on that billboard out there and start protesting. <laughs> we, we will hold true to the tradition of downtown Coal Mountain as long as we possibly can, Brother Cal. What is it? Can I get a witness? Hashtag Coal Mountain Strong. That's what we are tonight. Yes, yes. Conserve yes. the dock. Anywho, big show tonight, Brother Chris. Big show. We have brought in a neighbor, good friend of ours that we've known for several years, long time. Probably right. me a little more than you, but uh, human songbook, they call him. He's been everywhere. <laughs> human songbook. He plays like guitar. That. He sells guitars. He can tell you a guitar story. If you... He'll tell you. He can make up a lie if you need one. <laughs> no, he's, he's good either way. The drop of a hat. He is a local legend, and, and he should be because I think he's his band, one of his bands he plays in is the local legends. Well, right. if he's not a local legend, he's about Please to Please welcome one. to the main stage, Brother Gregory Henderson. Oh, Thank welcome. you. Thank yes, you. Yes, absolutely. Greg's been Thank trying you. to get on here forever, and I finally yeah. took his check, and it didn't bounce. So well, yeah, he, he heard the last episode that was all about murder and everything else. He said, golly, i got to get in there and well, lighten, lighten these boys it, lighten up. it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's getting dark. No, I just want to get these stories <laughs> on tape so I, you know, where it's uh, – because some recorded. of these stuff recorded because before I die, you know, everybody else is dying <laughs> around me. So, uh, all you don't these want to be the third in that try, uh, try uh, No, 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 no. <laughs> you no. didn't have no problem getting over here. You just followed the glow from that neon sign. I, I right? did, I did. I followed right on that little blue line. They they run once you get into <laughs> for South County that blue line. If you just followed it, it leads you right to Doc Holcomb's store. You gotta go past Leon's. Gotta go past Leon's. Leon's, and if you see uh, Leon's second store there at Hammond's Crossing, you've gone too far. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, Greg has. From over around Cherokee County, so uh, free boy, home graduate, free home, Lathamtown. He's a legend over there. Yeah. Well, thank you. A lot of that <laughs> in his own mind, in his own mind, and a lot of that is not deserved, but a lot of it is deserved. So, for those that don't know, let's get them acquainted uh, with Gregory Henderson. All righty. Uh, tell us a little bit. Born in Cherokee County. Born in Cherokee County. Uh, went to free home school. Uh, was you a rocket? Ain't that what? I was a free home rocket. I used to hoist the uh, American flag, followed by the proper Georgia flag with the Confederate flag on it and the oh. blue shield and everything. That was uh, that was important to me. Now, what, I did that for two, two or three years. Now, what years was that? When did you graduate? I high was uh, graduated uh, grammar school in seventy two, uh-huh. and graduated from Cherokee High in seventy six. 76. 1976. That's a big year going on. Back big then, year. Back, yeah. That. 
we built a log cabin yeah. at, at my school that year. Sure did for the bicentennial. I talking about the old free home. I remember the pool that used to be over there. Yeah, yeah, that's the way. yeah, that's where uh, another legend around ball ground county, uh, free home county line. He was sitting there one day at the pool, and he was uh, took his false teeth out and sloshed them in the water and cleaned them out in the yeah, pool. In the pool, and these girls looking at him just kind of twist. So uh, then he pulled his glass eye out. Washed it in that pool, and them girls kind of looked at him. So he grabbed his leg, and they took off running. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that big old, I remember they took that big old high dive uh, up there. With that yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Back in the day when you'd have a high dive. Oh, you can when get you one could, over two uh, feet now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they had pretty high thing, but I never went there because I can't swim. Right. I, I'm a deadly Still afraid. can't swim. Still can't swim. I'm Doggy paddle? Uh, yeah, I could probably get out of a stay pool. Afloat. I could stay afloat probably if I wasn't panicking too much. But I've I've almost drowned two or three that tried to beat. <laughs> and uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had some old boys throw me off in Lake Altoona and uh I went up under the boat and they had to go up under there and get me and pull me back in and I said, Now y'all won't even eat the fish here. Out of this lake, and y'all throwed me in. Throwed you in. <laughs> some good carp come out of lake. Good carp come out of lake. Good old carp come out of lake Alatuna. Now we know music is your passion, but right. growing up as a, a young boy, was there anything else that took to your fancy sports? Or I that played kind of stuff? baseball very badly and basketball very badly. I was okay at football. Yeah, and um, but um, what position did you play when you? Played I was a defensive end and a split end, and. Uh, the quarterback told me, I said, why don't you ever throw it to me? He said, really? You're going to ask me that? Well, that's two defensive ends that we've had here in the right. studio. Yeah. Right, right. Number all 72. SEC and all free home. We, yeah, had all it. Free we home. did have all SEC in here. Have you heard yeah. that episode? With, no, I have Larry- Oh, I, but I have heard it. I heard the Estes Brothers one. I heard the Wendell one. <laughs> yeah. And I heard another one. Something you got to get caught up. I got to get caught up, but yeah, mm. he's waiting on the time life edition when the, the whole series yeah. comes out. He can buy it a lot cheaper. Well, I'm just way. afraid we're going to run out of time instead of stories tonight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ken Burns hadn't made an that's offer my, to us. Yet. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. he he should. But uh, now, when I was uh, ten years old, I wanted to be Glenn Campbell. Gosh, a mighty idea. And too. I did, and I used hour. the good time hour. Watched it every night because that that we only had three channels. Two five eleven. Yeah, maybe. two five eleven, and then seventeen came with the Braves and now explosion. And <laughs> I don't know how many of y'all remember that they had music videos on for twelve, fourteen hours at a time. They did. Yeah. yeah. So you at ten years old, you want to be you want to be Glenn Campbell. Who do you want to be at the age of ten? I just want to be Glenn Campbell. Oh, I want to be John Snyder. John Snyder. Okay. I, did. I wanted well, to be John Snyder. Well, you're a lot younger. You're a lot younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally want to be well, John see, Snyder. Well, see, I wanted to be Glenn Campbell, and then I got to want to be <laughs> Joe South. And before that, I had wanted to be Hank Williams, because I love Hank Williams, senior. Young. I wanted to be uh, Glenn Campbell or... That guy that pulls the airplanes down at the airport, drove the little Jeep looking thing. That was my two ambitions. Uh, one of those two. With them big old headphones on. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that was, I always thought that was the coolest looking little vehicle. Well, you made it to the headphones part. You I know? got the headphones, yeah. Back when you could smoke at the airport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. on the plane. Yeah. So, what, uh, so we got to go to, we're definitely going to music because this is where yeah. music meets memories. Uh, 
My first, first, first gig, guitar. Your first guitar. Was first what? guitar was my daddy's uh, Gene Autry uh, Melody Ranch guitar. That I saw that this week on the uh, Kim Burns country music documentary. Uh, Gene Autry was getting a dime per guitar off of that or something like yeah. that, and making a killing back in the day. Yeah. Ba- oh, yeah. And that one, my uncle played. My uncle Rick played guitar. And I played, and I got to taking lessons from another coming, not well-known musical legend, Mr. Gene Lummis, who charged a dollar for 30 minutes for a guitar lesson. He charged you a dollar. On the Gene Autry? Well, I took some lessons on Gene Autry, but most of them were from, uh, I got a Conqueror guitar when I was 10 years old. That was a Japanese flat top. That was really cool. I still got it. Still got the... Well, my dad's was the Gene Autry guitar. That was my dad's. But so I'm going to defer over to Chris yep. because he's got this question that he asks every guest. That so we you ever started have. taking lessons at the age of ten, right? What year would this be? We're not going to go sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. <laughs> Nineteen sixty-eight. What would be the first song that you could officially say you learned on the guitar? Would have to be "House of the Rising Sun." Mm. The yep. animal, animals, by the, animals yeah, version by the animals, or Bad Moon Rising was the first song I ever played out. Was Bad Moon Rising CCR? So Roadhawks, CCR, that's a good one right there. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and played it the Free Home Gym in my eighth grade. That was my first gig. So I like ever the played that prom for the Rockets or something. No, it was just a, a talent show. <laughs> Went out and, there and kicked some butt, and we had a strobe light. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you remember what key you played it in? I'm C. saying D. C. 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 Well. Oh, without a doubt, I know I played it in C. Yeah. Is that your favorite one key to play in? No. No. G. I, everything, everybody gets tired of me. G for Greg. Greg knows G. <laughs> yeah. But no, I actually, I do all... Pretty much, I do songs in about all keys, really. So, how many uh, people was in this little talent show thing that you had, your ensemble and your group? They were three of us. We had a drummer and two guitar players. Free home three. The the down home free home band. No. <laughs> oh, that was uh, it. No, yes, no, no. That wasn't it. That came much later, like three years later. The down home free home band. And this was a talent show at the high school. No, or? a talent show at the grammar school. Oh. I never made the. Well, I played guitar. And one of the high school talent shows, but every other time I auditioned, I didn't make the cut. Oh. So that was a thing. That was motivation to yeah. keep, keep at it. As that's what it was. So you'd say you whenever you were in school, there was a lot of musicians. There's a lot of guys who were. I mean, they was play, playing like, musical instruments was still free a, home, a big deal. Was, at free home, there was three of us. It was me, David Holden, and. Uh, they, and our old uh, um, Ronnie Darby, me, Ronnie Darby, and uh, Holden, uh, David Holden was we played in David's brother Charlie, and they still play, I think. Some but. isn't that something that you can look back on your high school years? I mean, us, I mean, all being musicians for me, yeah. you know, I, I, I had tons of friends when I was in high school, but I can look back and I can think about my senior year of high school and I can name off all the musicians, you know, oh, who, yeah, who played guitar and the different styles of music. I remember all mm. their names, you know? yeah. Well, it's been so forever ago, but I can you know, remember their names when I got on the musicians. High school, I realized just how much I couldn't play. That was the thing, was because there's one guy, Roger Chapman, who is still a fine guitar player, and he's got a studio and stuff. And Roger 
he was like Eric Clapton. I mean, he could play anything and just sounded great. And I'd heard about another guy named Rudy Dulce who was great. I heard about Doc Cavanis who would play a big part in whatever little career I got because he was a big inspiration. And my brother Mitch played, too. My brother Mitch played. I was going to ask you earlier uh, about siblings and that kind of stuff when you grew up. Yeah. brother? My brother Mitch uh, played guitar with me. He played with me up until he got married. And then my younger brother Scott doesn't play. But but music's always been a big part. Like, my dad was, my dad would have been the perfect A&R man because he could pick a hit. Yeah. Yeah. And he was kind of a legend around Ducktown to me and stuff because uh, I talked to the guys that were in the car with him. He took a 52 Mercury around the curve at Sawney Mountain at 100 mile an hour <laughs> back when it was a narrow little road. And Booger Mountain? No, Sawney Mountain. The Canton Highway. The Canton Highway. Oh, it used to be an old dump, right? And there it was a curve. dirt, and it was, it was dirt back then. Yeah. The people from they used to drive from the <clears throat> they used to drive from downtown coming to the county line with their lights off all the way on Highway Twenty at night. <laughs> just cause that's just what cause did. it could if the <laughs> if the moon was good right you could do it didn't need it yeah and they could do it and and you know people you know but. So you graduated uh, in 76. Right. Were, were you driving to school as a senior? Jeff Carr drive to school? You know what? I did some, but not much. I drove the bus. I rode. I didn't mind riding the bus. Yeah. Well, Chris was asked, he always asked, the, what song did you learn to play all the way through? I always ask, what was your drive-up song when you were a senior in high school, when you got out of the car trying to look cool and had the windows down when you pulled in the parking lot? Mm. Our drive-in, or uh, it was home, probably something by Foghat, or or probably Statesboro Blues by Allman Brothers. Yeah, basically whichever, whatever your uh, your wrestling uh, entrance it, song my, would that's be, right? Or or <laughs> something by Robin Trower. I was taken away oh, by Robin yeah. Trower when I was in senior in high school. I he it was heavy. That was on the old eight track. I assume, oh yeah. Probably. Yeah. So when I, you were in high school, would you say that I mean your your greatest aspiration was to be a musician, or yes. did you have other things that you well, wanted to do when you got out of high I school? I wanted I mean, to. Y'all are going to love this. I wanted to be Gary McKee, Z, uh, WQXI Gary McKee. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Quixie and Dixie. Quicks, and I was even on the radio doing something similar to this in high school. We had Warrior Pow Wow. So I got my little resume together. I think I was 21 years old or 19 or 21, something like that. And I put in at Z93. And they called me. Said, come down for an interview. You know, come down for a job interview. So I went there. I was sitting in a room with, I was dressed up in tie jacket and everything, sitting there in a room and with about four or five other people, you know, and we was waiting for them to call her name to go in the office. So they called my name. I said, he said, what's your name? I said, Greg Henderson. I said, sit down. So I sat down. He says, uh, unless Z93 decides to do a farm report, I said, I don't <laughs> think you've got any place here. <laughs> Just all I said was my name. I'm Greg Henderson. How you doing? <laughs> Too many syllables in that answer, sounds yeah. like to me. 
That local co-op segment hadn't <laughs> yeah. come in to see They've never yeah. come in to see I three, the local co-op or the or the Albanac report. Or the, troll or the swap or shop. Yeah, they, yeah. I, I tell you, they, I, I was in there less than two minutes. All I said was my name, and uh, he said, where are you from? I said, Canton, Georgia. He said, oh, no. <laughs> No, we're not doing a farm report. So anyway, <laughs> that was it. music it is. I'll be yeah. I'll be in the music business. That's right. But you well, wanted to do something in broadcasting or something? I mean, just I you, wanted it, to. It could allow you to kind of just get entwined with the music industry. Yeah, I I, I went to a course. I went to a course in one seventy eight at Lefevre Sound Studio, which became Axis Sound Studio. And I met three people there who I would know just about all my life. Uh, Jeff Walls from Guadalcanal Diary was at that thing. I knew him up until he passed recently. Tony Vaughn, Jeff Bridges. I met Stan Quack Davis, who produced all of the Nashville Now sessions and still to this day produces stuff. And who was the other? There was one other one that I met. Oh, Jeff Bridges, who's a great sound man. And I've been friends with them all since that little thing in 78. But uh, music-wise, a big part of my music was Studio North, Thad Bramlett, right on Highway 20. Yep, exactly. A lot of folks don't realize. We're going to stop right there because uh, producer Steve says we've got to pay some bills because these sponsors are barking at <laughs> our hind ends trying to get in here because everybody wants to be a sponsor of this show. <laughs> you will come to find that out as we progress on. Uh, we got our special guest today on the uh, Crossing Podcast, Brother Greg Henderson. We're about to get into his musical career, what had he had going on back in the day. Things about the to bust loose. About to bust loose. Yes. We're going to cover today <laughs> what's going on today. We got it all covered, but first we're going to take a word from our sponsors. We're going to take a message from our sponsors. Whichever. I mean, whatever they have to offer. Try to make it sound good. I mean, we'll take whatever they will give us. <laughs> we will be right back after a word from our fine sponsors. You are listening to The Crossing, where the music meets the memories. Here with Brother Chris, Cal, producer Steve Thompson, and special guest Greg Henderson. Buell Martin Barbershop is your one-stop barber for all your men's grooming needs. Stop in for that Buell special. You'll get a straight razor shave and a haircut topped off with your choice of either witch hazel or vitalis. And for all your pickers out there, Buell will stock some strings and picks for them guitars and banjos. That's Bill Martin Barbershop on Highway 9 in South Coal Mountain. If you see Piedmont, you done gone too far. Come in to Jan's Jeans for all your needs in today's fashions. Specializing in Jordache and Gloria Vanderbilt and my favorite, Calvin Klein. Jan's Jeans can fit you in a pair today. And for Yalian's Cal Girls, we even carry them form-fitting Wranglers. Stop by and see us at Jan's Jeans, Spot Road in Coal Mountain, Forsyth County, Georgia, U.S. of A. Looking for affordable propane prices and the best service? No worries. Call Mills Fuel Service today for fast, courteous service that will have your tank filled and ready for the cooler temperatures. Mills Fuel Service is dedicated over 50 years of service to North Georgia, providing clean, efficient propane at affordable prices. Tank rentals are available. Three locations to serve you in Dawsonville coming into Monica. Call them today, 706-265-3394. Mills Fuel Service for all your LP gas services. 
And we're back here on the crossing, Brother Cal, Steve Thomason, Mr. Gregory Henderson. Yeah. Gracing us with his presence this yeah. fine evening. Oh, making the, the honor tr- is all mine. Making being. the trip. Yeah. Eastbound. Yes. And down. <laughs> and down. And <laughs> some, of, some of it's lies and some of it's <laughs> right. We're going to leave it for that, the listeners to determine which uh, is which. That's right. I'm just going to tell it. <laughs> Following um, that beacon of yeah. light that we call the bright and shiny uh, billboard of Coal Mountain. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So we were talking before we went to break about Lefevre Sounds. So take it from right. there, Greg. The thing, Lefevre Sound, they charged us, I think, like 350 or 450 bucks, which was a lot of money back then, for like a 10-week course, and you learned about recording. Well, that helped uh, when I went to Studio North here in Cumming. And because basically Thad Bramlett would let all of us come over and record and before that, I had had bands, you know, uh, in high school, me and Randy Cook and Mark Cooper and uh, another guy or two um, had Ben Sargent. We we had some bands in that, and I got me a 335 Gibson, and uh, Mitch had a Les Paul, and I wound up getting a Strat and a Takamini, and we were playing around and just I always had a band. What was some of the name of those joints y'all used to play? Uh, we used to play. Um, we used to play the Rebel In, Rebel In, Wobble Out, <laughs> <laughs> and that place that was where we learned. Uh, we played a place up in North Carolina one time. Uh, this was later where they had chicken wire up, and this is no joke. It so you was really a, played with the chicken. It wire. Was, yeah, it was a uh, chicken house that they had scooped out all the shavings out of and poured a cement dance floor put up a little stage band and for five dollars all the college kids could come in and drink beer all night and we learned that was like a bargain yeah and when they threw your their <laughs> cup at you it'd still have just a little bit of beer in it and it'd get all over you but the bigger mound you made was that's how much they liked you right because they had to pay another quarter to get another cup <laughs> So it was that was a weird night. Uh, we played the <laughs> Night Owl in Athens one time. That was a big place back in the day. We played the uh, Dawson County High School Prom one year. I remember doing that. What was the name of the band at the time? That was the Sly Dog Band. And the announcer, no, that was up at Pickens. When we played the Pickens High School uh, Dance or Prom, whatever, Homecoming Dance, whatever it was, uh, the announcer on the thing says, and in the gym, Slaw Dog will be there. Slaw Dog. <laughs> <laughs> we thought, we thought, thought that was a pretty cool name, Sly Dog. You Sly Dog. You, yeah. So oh, that was dog. that band. And then we that turned into the Henderson Brothers Band, which lasted one show. And there's a long story behind that. But uh, about that time, I met Chunky Venable and Jerry Farr. And there's your coming connection. There's the coming connection. And them guys were serious. They were serious into playing. Um, How'd you stumble across them? Well, when I was still at Cherokee, I helped get the Estes brothers in to play at Cherokee High School. Because me and Mitch would travel during high school. We would travel to, they're off uh, Sosby Road. They're off 20 where they practiced. Aaron Sosby. Aaron Sosby Road. They're that house where they practiced at. 
And Estes brothers back then were something to see. They were playing through half-stack marshals and loud, and they, it'd take them two or three hours to set up. They were serious. They were serious. Well, they and, had a road crew, yeah, as we learned and, earlier. Yeah, and Contracts. They, mm-hmm. And they also won uh, 96 Rock Battle of the Bands yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. And they won it down at Six Flags. I went down Six Flags one time saw them play. And they were bands like that. There was another band from Coming. Around that, I, besides Black Swan, Black Swan was all, I got to know them later on. They were all good guys and great singing. They had great singers. And uh, then, uh, but there was another band that was some good old boys that we used to hang around with when um, the Sly Dogs was together. And then I got to be buddies more so with Jerry Farr and Mick Hammond and they, they could sound just like the Atlanta Rhythm Section. And they had a July 4th thing behind the uh, laundromat at the time there in coming. On the, off the, square, uh, the, right at off the, the hole square. in the wall studio, yeah. yeah. And that's where I met one night uh, with Chunky, Mr. Bobby Whitlock. That's where I met Bobby at. Uh, he came in there and... Uh, I was just, that was my hero. That was my idol. I just thought the world, you know, I mean, he still got a voice that just rips your heart out. And, now, he, uh, to to uh, get those folks yeah. acquainted with him, he was. He was in his... Delaney and Bonnie. He was Bramlett. discovered with Delaney and Bonnie Bramlett, and uh, who had in their band Dave Mason, George Harrison. Um, Dwayne Allman played in Delaney and Bonnie, and uh, a lot of that Capricorn scene. Yeah, out in the and that, that yes, and uh, so he was, and he was also on Derek and Domino's The Layla album, and he also played with the Rolling Stones. So he is a rock and roll legend, and him and Jerry just hit it off, and him and Chunky just hit it off. Saxophone? No, he played organ. Organ, that's right. He's an organ player and guitar player, and. Uh, He's good at all of it, and he just got that voice that puts cold chills on him. And uh, so you started running with some, well, yeah, some folks back in the day. Yeah, and then through Chunky, which we could have a whole show on Chunky uh, and stories with him. He and Leon Wilkerson from Leonard Skinner were big buddies. I actually went over and saw Leon. Watched him sleep for about thirty minutes. Uh, <laughs> well, no, had a, a studio. Or had a studio down. in Atlanta, and they had a bed in it. And one time, uh, Chunky was worried about Leon. They had been up all night, and uh, he said, "Watch him." So thirty minutes turned into three and a half hours. Me sitting there watching. Make sure he don't throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're looking at a, like a, a living, another living legend just yeah. sprawled out. On you can't that. say yeah. you've ever lived until you've, uh, I mean, until you, you're, you've yeah. been, you've you been asked to, you know, sleep watch somebody, someone that's that's like a legitimate <laughs> legend, yeah. rock and roll hall of fame. Just make sure they don't puke yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah, and, and die. Yeah, he was one. You had one job. Yeah, yeah, I had one job to make sure if he had any problem, I was, uh, you know, but uh, uh, Chunky. You know, was uh, he would uh, we started having these parties, and we would have and I mean they would last all day, and they would be up in ball ground at our little studio we were renting, and it's right there. The it's an Italian restaurant right now, right across the road tracks Main Street ball ground, and there was some awfully good music made in that building. I yep. mean, I wish I had recorded half of it, but it was really good, and. Um, 
Jerry was always, Jerry was, he was in Estes Brothers for a while. And you just, I hate that not a lot of people got to see the first aid band. They were great. And that's where Wendell and David Cox was in. And Alan Kelly, who's one of the, you know, just amazing talent guy. He could play saxophone. He could play drums. He could play guitar. He could play bass, whatever. Saw them one time as a young boy at the uh, Cummins Skating Rink. They uh, first day, yeah. Did I, you know what? I think I was there. You probably was. I'm, I'm sure you I was. was. I was Everywhere a roadie. I, go, I turn around, Greg Henderson's there. <laughs> so the Cummins Skating Rink, you're talking about the same one that's right there where the hospital uh, yeah, is now. Yeah, yeah, right exactly. there off between. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Right there in the hole. There in the hole. They yeah. put you down there between turns one and two on the skating yeah, rink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't even a stage, but they yeah. play. Well, we played the Jasper skating rink. They were actually good places to play, you know, because you get as loud as you wanted to. It nobody, didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't nobody. matter. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, they was, <clears throat> ball ground had its little thing, and there for a while we was all wearing out the roads between ball ground and uh, Canton and ball ground and coming and ball ground and. Did y'all play uh, Marietta much back in the day? Were like a little bit. Well, it was a there was a teen club opened up when we had. Um, well, that was still slide dog. There was a teen club opened up called the Country, the Western Corral or something, and it was a teen club. And you know, of course, they would just coax and stuff, and we were sneaking beer. Supposedly, and, yeah, supposedly Allegedly. we were sneaking in <laughs> slow gin fizzes. All the girls like slow gin fizzes, you know. And uh, so that was fun. And uh, making take a screwdriver and slow gin, and you know what you got? White claw. No, no. <laughs> well, it is a family show. You know, I'm surprised none of us has dropped a, a four-letter word or anything. But that's, that's we why keep, we got that's why we got Steve on. We we, yeah, we keep it a family, clean exactly family right. show. But, There's two uh, kinds of podcasts, and this ain't one of them. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the um, but thing about Chunky Venable was Chunky was he he could just draw people. And get the best out of people when you would play with him. He was just open to all kinds of music. Tell us some of the like world famous people that he was. You've got pictures well, of him with, or well, I've got him. pictures of him with uh, Whitlock and him and Clapton. Eric, Clapton. Him, him and Eric Clapton. I saw that one, Eric Clapton before. Yeah, and um, they uh, Chunky went to England <clears throat> when uh, Whitlock and Clapton played together for the first time in like thirty something years. Or 40 years. It was a long time. And uh, Chunky brought me back pictures because he knew I was an Eric Clapton fan. And uh, Chunky worked with uh, another little thing folks don't know about him. The song Whoop, There It Is, was recorded in Chunky's studio. A lot of people don't know that. Leon Wilkinson wasn't in on that. Was no, he? Leon was still <laughs> asleep in the, on the bed. No, that's pretty cool. But, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. And Chunky, they say the thing where that whole thing came about was something they were hearing a buzz in the studio, and they kept rewinding the tape and something. They said, "Well, there it is." Whoop, there and, it is. There, and, and then they just all started jumping around the studio, and they just started recording it. That sounds and, eerily familiar to uh, Studio One and Ronnie Van Zant saying, "Turn it up." Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, but the thing is, we used to go down because another guy that uh, kind of got me serious about wanting to play and uh, was Marty Childers and him and Tommy Lawson. Um, 
they were the serious country guys because I got just kind of burnt out when rock and roll got to where it wasn't rock and roll anymore, you know, in the eighties where, and then I got kind of into the new wave stuff. I like Greg Ken. I love the pretenders, uh, Louise Goffin. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of eighties bands that were good. Tom Petty. Yeah. I was really, we used to do a lot of Tom Petty songs Mm -hmm. and, uh, did that and so then I started writing and I wrote a song called Easy Target and Conscience and we set up some tape in a garage we were playing uh, practicing at and um, that was the first recording I think that Wendell ever did Wendell did I've got it on cassette somewhere and I'm trying to convert it over to digital because I've got speaking of course of Wendell Cox who is yeah, with Travis Tritt now. That's for the folks that don't know. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. most do. But if you didn't, that's who we're talking about. Yeah, and, and uh, I gave Wendell his job recommendation for that, but his playing got him the gig. Yeah, but you know, but I, yeah, y'all were familiar with each other and around Marietta and Canton. Back right. Yeah, how'd you how'd you, how'd you get uh, so I guess tied in with uh, Travis Tritt? I mean, just playing the same well, clubs and well, when uh, we had stopped playing for a while and. It's one of those times when you're trying to reassess what you want to do. Me and my brother had quit playing, and I was trying to play with some different folks. And so then we started the Neon Cowboy Band up, and we started, well, no, I'm sorry, we started the band uh, Special Edition. And then there was another band in Cumming, Georgia, that was also known as Special Edition, and they threatened us with a lawsuit to change their name. So we changed it to Strictly Southern, and that's the band that uh, Wendell joined us with. Gotcha. And during that time, the country music was really, I mean, you had Steve Warner, you had Marty Stewart was just getting started on his own, and um, during that time, they was all the, that was the beginning of the Mexican restaurants having live music, and there was a place called Chico Dills. And there was a buddy of mine, Gene Fowler, kept telling me about this guy, Travis. And all the girls' softball teams would go there after they got through playing softballs, would go there and drink margaritas and watch Travis. And uh, it got to be quite the thing to do. And so I started doing some solo stuff. So he was just doing like acoustic stuff. He was stuff, doing right? acoustic I mean, by I thought he was going to say, I started playing softball. Yeah, as they say. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I was playing softball back then, but wasn't. Well, beer, no, league. It was beer league. He's beer league. I was beer league. Beer, yeah. Very much beer league softball. So the taco stand tour hasn't changed much. No, no. But the thing that was so good about it then was they, was, they would allow a group to play. That's the big difference between now and back then was. Back then, you could play a place, and if they liked you and they thought you were good, well, then they'd let you play there till you built your crowd up. And that's what now I Now they want you and the crowd. Now they want you and the crowd on the first night, and you, that ain't the way it works. And, and what was so cool back then, once you knew where somebody was, you could go hit two or three bars in a night. And you know, go here. You could go here, Travis at Chico Deals, or later on, Miss Kitties. And uh, there was a little place called Good Time Charlie's where me and Wendell and them were playing at, you know, before he went with Travis and stuff. And Good Time Charlie's Lady Dies, and 
uh, JR's Double Nickel. That's what it was called. The list goes on. The list goes on. So you were familiar with Travis Tritt. Someone told you you need to go check him out. What made you think, I need to turn on my guitar player to go meet him? When I went and heard him with the band that they were playing before they were bringing record people down, and I knew that they were bringing... Um, like not only was Warner Brothers looking, but because see Travis actually got signed not out of Nashville but out of California. See Nashville didn't like him, and he had already been turned down by several up there. I I had heard I don't know that be true, but I'd heard that, and uh, so I knew that he had this guy from Warner Brothers that really loved his music, and they were you know they were recording already. And um, when I went and heard him that night, I saw that guy playing with him. That guy was trying to be the star over Travis. And I said, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. And so uh, I told Travis, I, I, went, I can see it to this day. I went up to him. I said, I've got your guitar player. He's playing in my band. And no, we ain't fixing to get a record deal, but I know you are. He said, well, we'll I'll, I'll get him over to the house. We'll bring him over to the house one night. And so that's kind of how that all got started. And the rest, as they say, is history when it goes that. But, Chris, you probably didn't know this, but Greg has took a little dabble or two up in Nashville, and we're going to discuss that in our uh, last segment when we come back. But once again, producer Steve says we need to talk to these sponsors. And if you want to sponsor this little podcast, please contact us. We're open 24-7 here at the Crossing. We'll be right back. Farm is your one-stop shop for all your egg needs. We got grade A large, grade B large, and <laughs> can't be too large, can you now? All right now, that's Coal Mountain Egg Farms. So y'all stop in, pick you up a flat or two. Coal Mountain Egg Farm in the heart of Coal Mountain, right next to the ball field. There's no gas wars in coming. We've got the best prices in town at $49.9 a gallon at Martyr Oil. Two locations to serve you. Martyr Oil number one at Highway 19306 or on the south side of Marlar Oil number two, Highway 19 and 141. Transforming the way you listen to sports. Yep, we've covered all of it, at least since 1978, 79, 80, 81, 82. Okay, you get the point. We've got it covered. The North Georgia Sports League. Go ahead. Like us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Keyword search, North Georgia Sports Link. Back once again, this is Cole Mountain Cal, longer brother Chris Cheeto Cheatham, the good doctor producer Steve Thomason, and our very special guest tonight, Greg Henderson, sitting here talking about all things due west, which includes Latham Town, Canton, Free home, Bud Herd's Mule Barn, yeah. all that good stuff there. Talking music, and we were getting to the part where it's telling Chris you took a little dabble in songwriting and pitching it around yeah. Nashville. Tell us about that. I've I went. Uh, I was lucky enough to know a guy that knew a guy who was a true country legend from the '60s, Mister Warner Mac. Bridge washed out, and I can't swim. My baby's on the other side. 
uh, that was a big hit for him. And uh, he heard some of my songs. He said, you're a writer. He said, you're a writer. He says, uh, so I went around with him and shot some songs. And uh, I learned real quick that unless you're there, you're wasting your time. Can't commute, can you? No, they don't want you to. They want you there hitting the streets like all of them. And this guy looked at my little cassette tape and says, what makes you think you can write songs as good as the greatest songwriters in Nashville from Canton, Georgia? And I looked at him and said, I think you either can or you can't. And he used to it. work at Z93. I mean, no, no, he didn't, throwing, no, no. People throwing this Canton Georgia no. back at us. Like, <laughs> no, no, this was uh, no, QXI, this, wherever you yeah, at. this no, this was in uh, a the Music Mill Studio in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, where Keith Whitley had recorded and uh, Alabama had recorded, and just the other night I was at uh, Leroy Parnell concert, and there was a man I tried to meet for years, Harold Shedd. And I yeah. had to give him one of my CDs. He was with, uh, didn't he do some stuff with Alabama? He did. He was the he man. He was Alabama. He was he? the man that made, and so many others. He was the most powerful man in uh, Nashville for years. He was, uh, he also uh, produced uh, Davis Daniel, my buddy, who's a good friend of mine, yeah. who had a bunch of hits in the 90s. And uh, we've gotten to do some shows. And then that 90s uh, act, I remember you. Uh, Bailey and the boys. Bailey and the boys. I was friends with them. Went up and got to be friends with them. And which was uh, actually just a uh, uh, a lady and her husband. What? Lady it? and her husband and a, a third person that played bass. And then they would hire guitar players and other players. But um, they were friends of mine. And they're still friends of mine. And um, they, uh, Kathy Bailey, wanted to do my song all about the money. And then we went up to Nashville to Smithville, thanks to Jerry Farr. And I had Aaron Tippin's band play on my CD. Basically, that was the core of his band. They were like neighbors. Weren't yeah, they? yeah. You know, Jerry got to work on everybody's computers. Jerry always, <laughs> he if, if you ever need to end to meet somebody famous, look up Jerry Farr. He'll fix their computer for them or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of Aaron Tippin, uh, Farah was telling me that Aaron Tippin was the uh, he worked he was from Greenville. Yeah, truck driver, right? I think so. But at the time, he was working at the, at airport. the airport. He fueled the plane for Leonard Skinner yeah. in Greenville before they were en route to Baton Rouge. Exactly. Yeah, the same plane that ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he was the last. Well, they they did what they did was that plane. The fuel thing was kind of backwards, and they thought they were moving the fuel away from the side that was on fire. When actually they it's running running it. rich they, to begin with, they dumped it and they dumped the fuel, and that's why they crashed. Yeah. They actually dumped the fuel, but but yeah, I uh, went up Nashville and lived up there with Far for a little bit, or kind of part time lived up there, and then I went up there and lived. Some with a, another friend of mine, uh, Conley White, and uh, hung out with him up in Nashville for a while. But it just, you know, you realize uh, it's a different it's, monster up there. It's a it? different monster, and it and it's not that you're not good. It's not that you don't belong there. It's just that God don't want you there. That ain't what God's got planned for you. Right. And so that's what I had to figure out. And so I got to meet. You know, I've met some guys like Jimmy Fortune's a friend of mine. 
I'm more than friendly with, you know, Leroy Parnell and, you know, and some of the guys with the Kentucky Headhunters. Uh, guy that works with me, uh, Spencer, was one of their heroes. Spencer right. Kirkpatrick, Greg Martin. Yeah. And them all loved the band Hydra. And, uh, you know, so that was... Um, got to meet me and Chris. Got to meet you and Chris. Worked and, with us, been on stage with us. Yeah, and the played whole, with us. And the mean, whole yeah. thing... Uh, <laughs> The whole thing about coming, that's what's so good about seeing, you know, like uh, when Matt Mundy got his big break with, you know, the aquarium rescue unit and was playing all these huge places. Yeah. And then uh, now Matt and Jody, uh, Mark and Jody Abernathy, their great band across the wide and seeing country music, you know, being cool to, to, for bands to play around here. Everybody's just a big happy community. Yeah, 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 and it's it's good, and so yeah. So coming full circle now. Yeah. Nowadays, you're the owner of Atlanta Vintage Guitar. I am. Yeah, I uh, want to know how you stumbled on that. Yeah. I think they should be a sponsor of the podcast. Oh, you know I what? Mean, I yeah. think so too. I think we, you know, it's like not? a glove. You know, I had rather pay y'all than some corporate entity I'll never see. We're a lot funner. That's right. Yeah. And y'all feed me. So no. what, are you, what are you dealing with mostly? We as as... right now, right now, we deal with a lot of. Uh, it's just varied because you just have to be ready for whatever comes in the door. Um, we have a lot of instruments that come in that, you know, people have inherited or people just, they need money to pay this bill or that bill or they're downsizing or whatever. And we just try to get them the most money we can for them and, and us stay in business. And you when know. you bought into the place, there wasn't a lot of inventory there, no, right? No, no, Pretty much an empty shell and a name. Pretty, pretty much. And so eight years ago, we started and... We've had some help, and we've had some lot of good customers and stuff that have helped us and worked with us. Cause what about some of your more well-known customers who've been in there? Uh, we had a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Mr. John Sebastian, came in one day. The guy saying, welcome, welcome back, back, Cotter. Yeah. And uh, uh, do you believe in magic? And, you know, um, summer in the city. And uh, He came in one day and spent three hours with us. We had... Uh, the, some of the guys with Mother's Finest have been in the store before. Both guitar players, Mo and uh, John, have both been in the guitar store. Um, we had the guy from Evanescence buy guitars from us, and we actually sold a guitar to a Cheap Trick bass player. Sold a bass to him, um, Tom Peterson. And how do these guys seem to stumble in they, there? They, I mean, they online they find Well, they find they us just... online, Google us, or... Like with John Sebastian, he just Googled us, and he said, which store do I think I could just sit around and not be bothered at? And that was us. And so he came and spent three hours with us, and it was crazy. It was amazing hearing all the stories about New York and Woodstock and what happened at Woodstock, how it was like being on stage at Woodstock, performing at Woodstock. And um, see, we've also had, like, the Kentucky Headhunters have been in store couple times um we've had several bands from overseas that you know like the brazil beatles right came in and they that they worked their whole trip around us i said i hope it wasn't a letdown (laughs) so when when these folks stumble into there i mean they just trying to find uh they don't have anything really in mind they just want to see they just want to come in there and 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 sometimes some i mean 
because loving guitars is kind of like a quest. You you you'll know when you connect with something when you hope put it in your hand, and that's what we try to do. Is we just try to find stuff to sell that people have been looking for, and you know, like you know, sold a bass today that you know a guy had been hunting one for years, and it was '62 Fender P bass, and he knew all about it, and he, you know. Bought it tonight before it came here. So have you ever had anybody stroll up in there and bring something to you and they just don't even realize what it is they're bringing? Yeah. I've had it happen a couple of times uh, where people walk in and you could take advantage of them. Uh, they was a 55 uh, Telecaster that, uh, or no, I'm sorry, 55 Esquire that we bought one time that um, we could have took advantage of the people on we didn't. Cause I I just wouldn't have felt right, you know. It just they were honest with us and let us in their house, and uh, they thought it was just an old guitar, and it turned out to be a sixteen thousand dollar guitar. Wow! Mercy hey, a couple things, Greg. Um, yeah. One question: Do you do you sell new inventory as well? Or we just... sell new and used and abused and <laughs> <laughs> and also. I remember back in the days you could go in a pawn shop and same same deal. You could find it's like a gold mine, but eBay kind of changed well, everything. eBay didn't changed it? everything. Everybody and could look it up and see what they ha- what right. what they have is worth now. And that's what happens now. People come in, and as long as I stay, that's why I'm trying to find stuff that I can sell as cheap as anybody, but still make something on so I can keep the lights on and pay the help. You know, you doing um, amps as well? We do amp, and we do great repair work. We've got some luthiers. I, some of the big chain stores, you do not want to take your prize Gibson or Martin to and trust their people. We got guys that know how it needs to be fixed right, so we do that. And I believe you know what, with having a store that's actually got the instruments that are in there, a true musicians are going to want to put their hands on it right. first before exactly. just buying it online. Exactly. You know, just kind of going off of they don't even know. I mean, they do buy them online, but a lot of times they'll turn send them right back to you, which is no good for us. But uh, but thing is, a lot of times you you'll find something that you don't even know is what you were hunting, but it was there, like amps. I've had so many guys. I'll get them plug in an amp. They say. Dang, that sounds good. I said, yeah, it don't matter what name's on it. Do you like it? That's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. It's well, like like a Gary Stewart song, you know. Oh, we, <laughs> get, get me and Greg Henderson on Gary <laughs> Stewart. Gary Stewart. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other podcast right there. What's the sweetest or what's your favorite guitar you've ever played in your life? One was a 58 Strat that I got to play one time. The other was a 335 that I've got. It's one of the sweetest guitars. And uh, I've got a lot, you know, I, I love guitars, but as far as just sweet guitars, the Rose Creek guitars we sell are really, really nice. I love those guitars. And that me and. They're doing quite well, too. And me and Rick Gunn hit it off first time we met. Uh, he said, I can tell you know what you're talking about. And so I took that as a pretty good compliment from him. Because he builds amazing guitars right here in Forsyth County. Exactly. And Look Wendell him up too, folks. And Wendell Cox has one, by the way. So yeah, he's on. He's on. He gets the. Uh, he gets all the good stuff, don't he? Yeah, he's the he, beta. Yeah, yeah. He get yeah. He endorsements. That's yeah. right. He brings but them no, in. I think he. A, I think he actually shelled out some hard-earned money oh, yeah. for those yeah. for that one. Yeah. But uh, 
But like I said, uh, one of the sweetest guitars I ever played was Jerry Farr's 61 Strat he had one time. He's a 59 with a 61 neck, I think. And that, that guitar is one of those you, you hate that it left the family. One night up in Dawsonville at a, at Chunky Fest, me and Chris saw Farr put, set one on on far. On far. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he, he bought it at Walmart or somewhere on the way yeah, down. Yeah. 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 He yeah. He's he like, follow plan. that killer. Yeah. He had yeah. that planned. He yeah. had that planned. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Though. It I was cool. And he did that again at Austin's. Yeah. He did it again at Austin's. <laughs> yeah. With that, uh, what was it? Uh, WD 40. I think yeah. Yeah, he would set it for the WD 40 for <laughs> Yeah. So many stories. I guess we'll, maybe the book will come out. That's know. right. We'll have you back if the popular demand, which I'm sure it will be, will come to us. But we've yeah. really enjoyed having you with us tonight. Yeah, thank, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg Henderson. Buddy. Check him out at Atlanta Vintage Guitars. I'm sure he's on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace. My, well, no, we don't. You know, we don't. don't MySpace. We yeah, don't. Oh, messenger. That's a new yeah. thing. He's everywhere. No, but Facebook, you can't. It's hard to get on Facebook. Not see me on there. It's hard to go to a concert somewhere. And not yeah, see Greg. Yeah, 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 we yeah. always run into each other. So yeah. we really enjoyed it. We appreciate you coming by. Yeah, thank Greg. you so, thank much. so much for coming by, buddy. You like that guitar in there? How about picking one for us before we leave? Oh gosh. We'll let you get set up. We'll listen to one more word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with an acoustic rendering, as we call it, back here in the hills from Mr. Greg Henderson. Come see us at Pete's Castle in Coal Mountain. Get yourself some hoop cheese or salty fish right out of the barrel. Fill her up with some fresh petrol, regular and ethyl. Lance crackers are good cold knee high. Don't forget to try your luck out on a punch board. New ones every week. Located on Highway 9 in Coal Mountain. That's Pete's Castle, where the customer is the king. Thank you for calling Village Cinema. Playing this week is a double feature. Bed knobs and broomsticks and apple dumpling gang right again. Showtime's nightly at 7 and 9 p.m. Sunday's at 3, 5, 7 and 9. Village Cinema, located next door to Gigi's Pizza on their shopping center. For upcoming features, call 887-8855. And don't forget about our matinees. Your cheating heart will make you weak. Your crying cry and trying to sleep. Sleep won't come the whole night through. Your cheating heart will tell on you when tears come down like falling rain. You'll toss around. Your cheating heart will tell on you Your 
someday And crave the love That you threw away The time will come When you'll be blue Your cheating heart Will tell on you When tears come down Like falling rain You'll toss around And call my name You'll walk the floor The way I do Your cheating heart Will tell on you Your cheating heart Will tell on you The Crossing, where music meets memories, is recorded at Due South Productions high atop the Doc Holcomb Building in downtown Coal Mountain and is recorded and mixed by Steve Thomason and hosted by Chris Cheatham and Coal Mountain Cal Hurd. Theme music written, performed, and recorded by Wendell Cox. The Crossing is a production of Roadhog Studios and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Due South Productions or at least a text message from Cal or Chris. That'll do too. All rights reserved. All right, we'll catch you next time on The Crossing. <laughs>